So we got some good headlines. Some good news for a change. For London, anyway. But the uh, announcement this morning, Maple Leaf Foods building a $660 million poultry plant. It'll create about 1,500 jobs if, of course, you live in the right area. But, you know, this announcement comes with a double-edged sword because, you know, we, the taxpayers, are shelling out 60-ish million dollars in more corporate welfare. And, of course, the decision that London gets new plant, well, for the other three plants in the GTA, too bad. So sad. Out of luck. 300 workers gone. So, yeah, we're subsidizing the loss of jobs. But, you know, these days, it just seems job creation is impossible unless we shell out huge amounts of corporate welfare. Like, if I'm a company looking to invest in Canada, I know I don't have to because they're going to invest in me. And I'd be saying, I'd come to Ontario, but how much are you going to open your wallet? Because everyone knows they will. Let's bring in Eric Aaron Woodrick to this conversation, the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayer Federation. Hello there, sir. How are you doing, Alex? Well, I'm happier than you today. You're not happy. <laughs> I am not happy at all. Look, this is this is this one has to be one for the books. Not only are we paying, we're paying to build of all things a chicken processing plant. This is not, you know, airplanes or cars or you know things that they say are very sophisticated and cutting edge. This is about cold cuts. Uh, and taxpayers are paying $60 million between the federal and provincial governments uh, giving a handout here. Look, the bottom line is Maple Leaf doesn't need this money. They're a profitable company. This is something that they should be expected to bear as one of their own costs. And yet, for, you know, they're just getting $60 million just because. And uh, to add insult to injury, it looks like there's actually going to be fewer employees uh, than before because they're closing three other plants and this mm-hmm. new plant will have slightly few, fewer employees. So, uh, you know, they're actually getting $62 million to actually create fewer jobs, which is uh, which is a first, I think, for corporate welfare justification. These things, though, don't happen overnight. A word is that the uh, negotiation had started under the Wynn government because they also uh, like their corporate welfare. But again, Doug Ford's a business guy. He knows how to cancel these things. But once they're negotiated, because this thing would have taken months to negotiate, it's not like they could pull out. Well, look, yeah, and it's like first of all, uh, when you get come into office, you've got to deal with what your predecessors left you. I, I, I don't accept uh, when Justin Trudeau blames Stephen Harper, and I'm not going to accept when uh, Doug Ford blames Kathleen Wynne either. They've they had a choice to let this continue or not. Yep. They chose to let it continue, so they have to wear it. What I do hope is, you know, going forward, uh, they fix this sort of thing. I would really hate to see more of this coming forward because it would just be no policy change from the last government then. But how do you get rid of the addiction? I mean, it is so entrenched now. I mean, it was Bombardier back in the 60s that started, you know, uh, feasting at the trough and they've never been held to account. They're one of the worst companies in the country. We keep doling out money to them because, hey, it's votes, you know, but we get nothing in return. And now it's just a thing. So how do you change that culture? Well, I mean, one thing you could do to, is you, you could empty the cupboard. Take all the money that we spend on corporate welfare, which is several billion a year in Ontario, depending on where you stop counting. Figure out how much of that is worth and just cut business taxes by the same amount. That would be fair, Alex. That would be a way to truly make Ontario an attractive place to do business without picking winners and losers, saying, you know what? You want to set up shops, stick your neck out, make money? We'll let you keep more of it, no matter who you are. But we're not going to start taking applications from big businesses that want a few extra million just because. Right. But yet here we are. I mean, Alberta does it, too, uh, you know, constantly spending money. and, And they're spun as incentives and it's spun as business investment. But it's not because we don't get anything back. Generally speaking, we never get anything back. 
No, and look, the, the, the challenge, I think, it, it, this has been around for so long, as you say, that a lot of people have just accepted it as the way things are. But I think, Alex, it's fair to say in the last few years, the tone has changed. I think people are angry about this. I think it cuts across the political spectrum, which is also very unusual, right? There's a lot of polarization these days, but you see both on the left and right, a lot of people think there's just something very wrong about this sort of thing. And I think that may give an opportunity for a government with a backbone to start saying no. Right. And I would have huge amounts of respect uh, for that politician should and when they show up, because I am absolutely against corporate welfare. But I think, though, that, that the business community itself could take a lead on this because if I'm part of the business community, I am pissed off that my taxes that I'm being forced to pay are then being doled out to possibly my competitor. Well, yeah, but that's that also makes it, it makes it a challenge to say no to the money, right? Like it's hard to blame Maple Leaf if the money's on the table and if they don't take it, a competitor might take it. Uh, that puts them in an awkward spot. So I, I'm less critical of the companies than I am of the government. Companies, anyone will take free money if it's offered to them, but the governments are the one with a choice about whether or not to offer it, so they should be held to account. Right, okay. But then you have to look at the current situation in Ontario. We are not mm-hmm. competitive. We've seen 300,000 you know, manufacturing jobs flee in the last uh, few years. You know, we've just watched uh, GM announce it's folding. We do not have a competitive, uh, you know, situation going on. We've got very high hydro costs. We have very uh, uncompetitive tax rates with our American neighbors. You know, there's huge amounts of red tape. It just, there are so many challenges against businesses. How can a guy like Doug Ford say, okay, I want you to invest here and this is how I'm going to do it? Yeah, I think the two key things are the overall tax burden, so the tax rates, and also regulation. Like, if you look at things like Trans Mountain, you know, there's a lot of red tape. In this yeah, we country, bought that too, by the way. Yeah, in this <laughs> province, uh, we really need to streamline regulation to make it attractive to do business. Look, I, I just don't think that for the people who say, well, we don't have any choice, we have to keep up the corporate welfare, it doesn't work. We've seen with yeah. GM what happens when the money runs out. It is not a long-term viable strategy. So we need to start thinking bigger picture and stop trying to lurch from bailout to bailout as a way to build this province's economy. But why haven't they then learned? I mean, I get why in 2008, uh, you know, I get why Harper had to, to do the bailout. I get all that stuff. But again, haven't we learned over time that you got to put conditions in? There has to be fine print. I mean, when I heard that the GM bailout and part of the auto bailout had been, you know, written off in September by this government, I'm thinking, well, well, hold on a second. Why? Why has there been no transparency about it? Why wasn't why weren't we told the dollar amount? I mean, that is our money. There's no transparency and never do they write these deals saying, here's what you get in turn for the money. You have to stay here. You have to create this many jobs and you have to build this kind of product and do research and development so that we know that you're going to invest here. Yeah, look, I, you make a really good point about making better terms. Look, we're, we're a hardline group. I would, I would be happy with one. Just put yeah, one term in. <laughs> we, we don't think you should do corporate welfare at all, but if you're right. going to do it, first of all, yeah. you should make loans, not grants, right? So it's repaid. Yeah. And secondly, you should have full transparency. That is, should be the bare minimum condition on all of these handouts is that taxpayers get to know when and if you pay it back. Otherwise, I mean, you, you, it's just a black hole and we never get to know whether we even have the courtesy of getting our money back. Right. And generally speaking, we're not. As I read, uh, you sent me some stuff. I mean, half the, half of the $29 billion that we spent last year, we we didn't even get half of that back. So it was just either written off, which speaks to, you know, what does corporate welfare offer? Apparently, you know, it doesn't offer the guarantee of success. So a lot of times the companies get this and they don't have to even be successful. It's just a matter of keeping them above above water. 
And I tell you, there's a truly remarkable innovation in government speak, Alex, where they, they have something called a non-repayable loan. Have you ever heard of a non-repayable <laughs> loan? That, well, that you and I are not government. able to get those kinds, yeah. Well, exactly. I think we don't love that kind of loan. Most people understand a loan means you pay it back. But in a lot of these announcements, they talk about non-repayable loans, which is essentially just a gift. Yes. Yeah. So, you know what? If 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 you're going to, like, you know screw me over just be honest about it I mean I think that's what people want just at least be honest with me I mean we're not stupid about this but it speaks to the politics because Aaron until a politician is willing to say no to special interest groups and no to possible votes it's not going to change I totally agree and I think again it, it will be it will take a courageous politician to do it but I think they will see there is upside too well Ralph I Klein's dead po- well, yeah, when, when politicians look at these things, they only see the downside. They see an angry community. They see the workers that may lose their jobs. They don't see the potential upside, which is people who will applaud them and say, you know what? You can be for free enterprise and for, for, the, for markets and for business without being for corporate welfare. It's possible to be you know, in favor of people uh, letting, letting them keep more of what they've earned, but yeah. not giving the money they didn't earn. Yeah. And again, I think there was a big mistake made in that uh, financial update that we heard last week. I mean, the, the obvious would have been lowering ta- you know, corporate tax rates to compete with America. I don't know why they didn't do that. I just don't. Yeah, look, I, I think federally, especially, they, they need to start taking the competitive threat south of the border more seriously. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you like Donald Trump or not. The reality is the policy changes he makes are going to impact us. And if we don't react to them, uh, we our economy could end up getting steamrolled. Well, it, it looks to be going that way. I mean, and Jerry Dias, as I'm sure you heard today, is out there screaming and shouting and that we're not going anywhere and, and tariffs and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is uh, this is done. Yeah, you know, I feel for the folks in Oshawa, there's no, yeah. there's no candy coating that. It is, a, it is a sad day for that community. Uh, I'm just hoping that policymakers wrap their heads around what we can do so we don't have a hundred more GM Oshawa situations in the coming years. That would be nice. I would appreciate that. All right, Aaron, we got to leave it there, but thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate that. Yep, thanks for having me, Alex. That is Aaron Woodrick. He's the uh, federal director over at the Canadian Taxpayer Federation. So, yeah, uh, and I, I don't uh, disagree with him. I think more and more people are hearing about this and finally saying, well, what the hell, are we, what, what's the return on this forced investment? Because guess what? I don't want to pay the rest of my mortgage. So I think I'm going to go to my bank tomorrow and just say, yeah, not going to happen. Because essentially, that's what the businesses do. Just, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to pay back. And the governments just go, oh, okay. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.